0: Amen. Would you remain standing, ladies, as we honor you? We want to do something special. We have a rose for every woman that's standing today as a gift to you. So we just want to say Happy Mother's Day. And come on, church family, would you just honor them again as they're standing? That's a gift to you this morning. want you to be able to have that. And once you receive that, uh, if you receive that rose, you can then be seated and just remain standing so that we can make sure that everyone gets one. And as you're doing that, we want to just take a moment and also tell you about some exciting things we have going on around the building today. It's Mother's Day, and here's what I have found out. There's one real gift that every mother wants. You want to know what it is? It's a picture with her family. That's what she wants. Will the mothers in the room say amen? A good picture with your family. So we have you covered. We have four photo areas around the building we already had our nice picture. We have some nice signs to hold up. Moms, we just want to take that nice photo with you. We want to share in that time. I know it's not great outside, but we have a few areas that we'll, uh will make up for that. And so please stop out after service when we dismiss today. There's plenty of time. We have two downstairs and two upstairs in the family wing. And uh, we'd love to be able to uh, honor you, take a photo with you. And uh, there's also a few other surprises, I think, uh, for the moms upstairs. So God bless you. And let's just give it up for the moms again. Praise God. Thank you to the ushers and those that helped distribute those. We're getting them there in pretty quick order. So I think there's a few more up in the balcony. Um, and pray for us, because we've we got to find some more categories for Mother's Day so we can give away gifts to more of you. Does that sound good? We're always trying to figure out what of that. So the, the newest and the longest moms this year, but we'll see next year what that looks like. God bless you. You be seated. As you hold that rose in your hand or you set it to the side, As we saw in first service, I heard a collective crinkling happening uh, for the next 30 seconds as we're trying to figure out where to put the rose uh, so we can get ready to hear from God's word. Um, You know, our desire was that this rose would just be a tangible expression of love and appreciation. Isn't that what a gift really is? And that you would, above everything else, you would know this today, moms, and every woman that stood and holds one of those in your hands, that you're loved and you're appreciated. God loves you, he sees you, and we honor you today, and I just pray God's richest blessing for you, amen? But here's what I also know, that rose, um, you could put it in water for a while, but before long, that will be an afterthought, it'll fade, just like the flowers fade, the Bible says. My greatest prayer is that this Mother's Day, as I've been praying for this time and for this message in particular, was that the Lord would do something that we could never do in any tangible gift, that he would give you something in the depths of your heart that would leave an imprint on you that the Lord would minister to you and provide something this Mother's Day that would, that would be transformative, that would be life-changing and life-altering. And so I've been praying over this word. I've looked forward to sharing this word with you uh, for some time, and I'm just believing that the Lord's ready to do something in our hearts and in our lives. Amen? So let's receive that with an open heart. This message is certainly not just exclusively from others, but I believe that uh, the Lord does want to speak to many mothers that are present here today. But I believe he has a word for us all collectively. So let's open our hearts and and let's uh, lean into God's word. Lord, we just desire to hear from you in this hour, in this moment. Holy Spirit, would you speak to our hearts, Lord, what I never could. Would you open the living word to us, Lord God, and would you plant deep within our hearts, Lord God, the truth that you desire for us to know. And we pray today, Lord God, that it would leave an imprint on us, a mark on us, change and transform us, Lord God, through what you want to communicate to us today. In your name we pray. Amen. As I went through the pages of Scripture praying about this message for today, there was a verse that came out that stood out, and I really feel like it's what the Lord wants to communicate to so many of us today. And it's about his incredible faithfulness and sustaining power to us. This comes to us from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 46, verse 4. And I want you to see this word today, and then we're going to spend some more time in it. Here's what the Lord says to you today. Even to your old age and gray hairs... I am he, I am he who will sustain you, I have made you, I will carry you, I will sustain you, and I will rescue you, amen? Lord, we receive this word today. Today, for us better to understand this verse, because there's so much the Lord is communicating to us. So much of his promises are rich within his word. And my prayer is that we'll take hold of this today. That we'll have new eyes to see it and receive it and experience the overflow of what the Lord wants to do within us. And so for us to do that, I want to bring us to a passage of scripture that's going to help illustrate exactly what the Lord has promised here in Isaiah 46. So if you have your Bibles, why don't you open with me to Genesis chapter 21? The book of Genesis is the first book in the Bible, and as you're turning there, I want to catch us up on a story that we're going to dive right into the middle of. If you've read the Bible before or been to church before, you probably have heard about a guy named Abraham. His name was originally Abram, and his name literally meant father, and what was ironic about him was that although his name said one thing, his life reflected another thing. He was unable to have children. And so he went through his life, unable to conceive a child with his wife, Sarai. And as they went through life, one day, the God of the universe stepped into his story and said, Abram, I'm going to change everything about you. I'm going to make you a great nation. I'm going to give you more descendants than you could ever count. I'm going to to unfold a plan and purpose that you're going to be a part of and your descendants are going to inherit it. I'm going to bring you to a brand new land. I mean, it was just a ridiculous promise that God was spelling out to Abraham. But here's the amazing thing he trusted God. Sometimes we can hear and receive something that seems so foreign, so different, so difficult, so impossible. But at the end of the day, the question is, what will you do with what God has said in his word? Will you take him at his word or will you not? And so Abraham took him at his word and God began to move in his life. God had given him nothing more than a promise. Now, Abraham, as I said, his wife was unable to conceive children. And so, as they received this word, Abraham trusted it, but Sarah laughed at God. She could never believe how at her old age, in her husband's old age, they would ever have a child. But God is faithful to fulfill his promise. Amen, church? He is very faithful to do it. But it was taking a while. Abraham's 86 years old at this point in time. Nothing's happening. And so, Sarah starts to come up with another plan. How many of you know that when we get impatient with the process... And the promise, we can sometimes resort to our own plans. Does anyone else do that? How many of us have seen the negative of that? And so, what happens is that Sarah comes up with this brilliant idea go with my servant Hagar and have a child with her. Then we can fulfill what God has spoken. Here's what I've realized God doesn't need my help fulfilling his promises. He has not of my good ideas and my strength. We can often think we know better than him, and that's what happens in this moment. And so it said that Abraham agreed with his wife's idea, and he went, and he was with Hagar, and she became pregnant and was going to bear a child. But the moment she became pregnant, there was a tension that formed between her and Sarah. And Sarah couldn't stand the tension because it was almost as if she's being mocked. I mean, it was just so much. Could you imagine the tension in this moment? And so she starts to deal har- harshly, the Bible says, with Hagar, Sarah, because she's, she, she, she's, she's just frustrated, upset, and she begins to do that. Hagar runs away. She leaves. She runs out into the wilderness. But as she's there in the wilderness in chapter 16 of Genesis, the Bible says that the Lord saw her. As she's weeping, as she's far away, and the Lord called out to her and said, Hagar, where are you and where are you going? And as she's sitting there by a spring, the Lord begins to speak to her and begins to make a promise to her. and says, don't worry, this child within you, I'm going to watch over this child all the days of, of his life. And although it's going to be rough and difficult, and he's going to have many adversaries and challenges, I'll, I'll make him a great nation. And Hagar, it says, in that, in that day, she began to address the Lord with a different name. And she says, the Lord who sees me, I have seen the one who sees me. And then they literally, the well that was there, Catch this, because later on it's going to be very significant. She renamed that well, the spring of the God who sees me. That's the very place that the Lord brought life to her again, and she came back. She was obedient. She submitted. She humbled herself, and then she gave birth to a child. Well, about 14 years later, God fulfilled his original promise that he made to Sarah. She became pregnant. She gave Abraham a child at the age of 100. Come on, somebody. Come on, just just think about that for a moment. Sarah, the Bible says she laughed again. God made her laugh twice. She laughed at the promise and she laughed at the payoff. The Bible says it says she laughed, I can't believe I'm nursing a child at this age. I don't even know what's going on. But God fulfills his timing and his promises in his way. And it doesn't have to make sense. And it doesn't have to look neat and pretty. But God's faithful, Amen. But now we have Sarah. You ready? She's sitting there between the promise and her own past plan. And there was a tension that formed there. And so she came to the point where she couldn't couldn't live with Hagar and with Ishmael. She felt like it was going to bring a conflict and an ability for Isaac to really inherit all all that was promised to him. And so she tells her husband, get rid of Hagar and the child. I want them gone. Could you imagine for Abraham the tension and the agony that he would have to have thought through to literally dismiss his own son and send them away. And so he's struggling with this, and the Lord began to speak to him. The Lord met him and said, Abram, don't be afraid to do what Sarah tells you to do because I'm going to watch over this child. I'm going to watch over them. I've got them. I'm going to honor this decision. I'm going to take care of them as you've made this decision and they go. And so we get to this moment in time, and this is what I feel like the Lord wants to talk to us about this morning, where Abraham has to come to Hagar and send her off into the wilderness. You know, as we get to Genesis chapter 21, where we are this morning, verses 8 through 21, it really describes the painful departure of Hagar and Ishmael from Abraham's life. And it's right there in the midst of that that God begins to release some of these beautiful promises that we're talking about this morning. Promises that are still available for you today if you'll reach out and take hold of them. So let's start here. And before we get to the verses on the screen, I want to give one more verse of context. It says this. If you have your Bible open, you're going to be able to read it with me. It says, Early the next morning, Abraham took some food and a skin of water, and he gave them to Hagar. And the Bible says, He set them on her shoulders. And then he sent her off with the boy. And she went on her way and she wandered in the desert of Beersheba. Can you imagine a woman taking her child, a little bit of food and a little bit of water, and being cast out into the desert? Do you want to know what stood out to me so deeply as I was looking at this word? Was the way the Bible specifically says that he placed them on her shoulders. He put the entire weight, the entire burden... Of, a, of her being a mother, her caring for this child, everything. He just placed it on her shoulders, and she was sent away. You know what that spoke to me is that I believe there are some of you here today that I have to ask you, what has been placed on your shoulders and you've been sent away in the wilderness with? What have you been carrying? What have you been walking with that you never thought you would be walking with? I want to tell you today I understand what it's like for a mother to have to bear the weight and carry the burden in a way she would have never anticipated. I'm the product of of a single family household. My mom, I, I love her. I know she's even watching today. Happy Mother's Day, Mom. Thank you. I honor you for all the sacrifice and the many things you've done for me and my brother. But I know what that feels like, church family. My mom knows what that feels like. To watch and wonder where, where provision is going to come from. Carrying the weight that, that was never meant to be carried alone. Is there anyone else that understands what I'm talking about this morning? Anyone who's had to watch that? Anyone who's had to live through that in your life? You understand. You know, I feel that there's so many, so many people here today. There have been things that have been thrust on your shoulders and you're carrying them into a wilderness. And you don't know what to do. And the weight of it can feel overwhelming at times. Come on, someone. This isn't just for moms, but I believe there's some moms here today. You're carrying heavy weights. You're carrying heavy burdens. They've been placed on your shoulders. Some of them are expectations, expectations of others, expectations of your employer, trying to be super mom, trying to be super employee, trying to be super this and super that and super spouse. And, and you're just you're, you're dying under the weight of it all. You're wondering how you're going to carry it. Some you feel like you're just going through the motions every single day. And you're wondering, how am I going to get through? How am I going to manage all of this? There have been things that were without of your control that you feel have been thrusted on top of you. And here you are walking with them. Come on, this is Hagar's story, but it's all too common in the world that we live in today. It's all too common in our lives this morning. We can see, many of us, we can line up and say, I know what it's like to carry a burden that feels so heavy that I have no idea what I'm going to do with it. I feel like I'm moving a boulder up a mountain and I'm not seeing any progress. Hagar was there. But I'm so thankful today that she's not the only one that was there. God was there. This is where God's promises come in. I want to tell you, what do you do when you find yourself thrust into a situation where you don't know what to do and what to grab onto? What you can do is you can take hold of the promises of God. You can take hold of the word of God. And sometimes that is all that you need to get you through. And so whenever we come to this place and we think about where she is and what she's going on and that she has literally a bit of food and a bit of water and a child and a whole new life just cast upon her shoulders and she's sent into the wilderness to carry it all, what does God have to say? That's where his promise comes in. Whenever you're carrying too much, here's what the Lord says, I will carry you. I will carry you. That's what the Lord says in his word in Isaiah chapter 46. When you're heavy laden, whenever you're feeling the weight of the world on your shoulders, when you feel like the Atlas man holding up everyone's world and everyone's lives. Moms, we know, we know. The Lord says, I'm here to carry you. I'm here to carry the one who feels like they're carrying everything. If you'll let me, if you'll take hold of that. The Lord makes these precious sweet promises to us, that He's the one who carries us and keeps us in this life. Isaiah 40, verse 11, said this He will feed His flock like a shepherd. He will carry the lambs in His arms, holding them close to His heart. He will gently lead the mother sheep and their young as you're hearing all the sirens, all the emergencies, all the cries, all the screams, all the tears, as you're hearing all the busyness and the things that are calling out to you, here's what the Lord says to you today. He says, I can carry you like a shepherd. I'll pick you up. I'll hold you close to my heart so that all those other things will be drowned out by the beating of my own heart, that we can hear his heart. You know that today? For willing to receive what God has for us, that if we're feeling heavy laden, heavy burdened, we can come to him. Jesus himself promised, the good shepherd says this, come to me, all you who are burdened and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Does someone need that today? That rest comes in many forms, and what the Lord can even do, he says, like a shepherd, I'll pick you up. You feel weak, you feel like you can't walk, I'll carry you. I'll carry you. And I'll pull you close to my chest. When you allow the Lord to really carry you, when you allowed him not just to carry the burdens that you're worried about, but to carry you, the Lord will transform you. Because as you let him carry you, the Bible says he draws you near to his heart. And you literally begin to just hear the beating of his heart and his heartbeat becomes the voice that calls out to you. And you begin to break for the things that break his heart. His heart is formed within you. His character becomes formed in you. Sometimes I think we've been praying the wrong prayer church. We've been saying, Lord, carry my stuff. And he says, I'm here to carry you, not just your stuff. Because I'll carry your stuff, and then you're going to get some more stuff. And I'll carry that, and then I'll, you'll get some. And you'll never get the rest that you really need until you let me carry you. Are you with me? We got to pray some new prayers today. The Lord's just ready to lift someone up and carry them. It's a rich promise that He has for His people. He begins to speak out. In Deuteronomy, the Lord says this He says, like an eagle rouses her chicks and hovers over her young. So He spreads His wings to take them up and carried them safely in his pinions. So the Lord literally says like an eagle, I'll carry you, I'll lift you to places that you could never be on your own if you let me carry you, not just your stuff, you. So he says that. So the Lord makes this promise, and we see the plan unfolding, even though it looks like problems are abounding. And so for Hagar, she's been carried into the wilderness. She feels like she's carrying everything. But the Lord had already made a promise to Abraham, don't worry about her. I'm going to carry her into the wilderness. I'm going to carry her through this. Here's what that reminded me of. Sometimes God has made a promise and we're not even aware of it yet. And I want you to know God's promises aren't just aren't aren't just for when we know them. There can be promises that God has made for you. You don't yet realize them. You don't yet understand them. But in a moment's notice, the Lord can reveal it to you, and it can change everything. That's what's happening for Hagar. She is feeling hopeless. She doesn't know what to do. It's because God's promise hasn't yet been made known to her in this moment. But it's coming. Someone say it's coming. So the story continues. Hagar continues in the wilderness with her son carrying the weight of, of everything. And as she's there, the Bible says in verse 15, when the water in the skin was gone, everything was gone, food, water. She put the boy under one of the bushes. Just imagine in the wilderness. She's carrying her son. She's carrying, they have no more water. It's just barrenness everywhere. And her last resort is, let me just put him under a bush somewhere. And the Bible says in verse 16 that she then went, off and she sat about a bow shot away. So she got pretty far away from him. And she thought, I can't sit here and watch this boy die. And she sat there and she began to sob. I want you to know there will be times that you feel utterly hopeless that you feel that everything, you had, you've given everything you can give and still nothing is changing. You've poured everything out you can pour out and there's nothing left in the tank. You've been everything for everyone and there's nothing left to give and it's still not enough. Does anyone know what I'm talking about today? And at the end of yourself, at the end of your provision, at the end of your patience, at the end of everything, there's nothing left. You don't have any more wisdom, you don't have any more ideas, you don't have any more energy, you're just done. And sometimes all we could do is just sit down and weep. All we could do is just try to drown the pain and the sorrow and the anxiety and whatever it is that's filling us in those moments. There will be moments that we feel like we have nothing left, nothing left to give, nothing left to say. We're at the end of ourselves. And the question is, what then, God? And it's in that time and in that place that the Lord has another promise. Here's his promise. I will sustain you. I will carry you, and I will sustain you. What a powerful word. In fact, if you go back to Isaiah 46, verse 4, it says it twice. He says, I will sustain you. Then he goes on to talk, and then he says it again. I will sustain you. Why? Because we need to be reminded that man doesn't live on bread alone. We don't live on our own provision on what we have. We must receive what only God can give us. He says, I will sustain you in the midst of this season. I will sustain you when it feels like there's nothing there. That word for sustain is such a powerful word because it reminds me of what God is about to do. For the children of, of Egypt, as they're walking in the midst of a desert, a very similar desert, in a very similar wilderness, and they have nothing left to eat, nothing left to drink, and what does God do? He says, I will sustain you. He becomes their sustenance. But here it is. It only comes a day at a time. It only comes a moment at a time. For many of us, man, we want, we want the security deposit. We want the, we want the, we want the cushion. We want the emergency fund. We, want, we, want, we don't just want sustaining. We want our own security. But he, he says this, I'm your security. I'm your sustainer. If, if that's your security, then that's the thing that's meant to sustain you. I'm the one who will sustain you. So for that to happen, you know what it requires within us? It requires a daily faith. A daily trust in the Lord for what only he can give. Do you want to know what will, what will hurt us every time as the Lord's sustaining us? If we start looking too far ahead of the next step God has for us. If we start looking for more than what he's provided right in front of us. And as the Lord says, I'm going to sustain you. It means step after step, day by day. Just walk with me and watch what happens. It feels like there's nothing left, and I'll I'll stretch it a bit further. I'll I'll, I'll continue to keep you as you move forward. And the Lord makes this promise, I will sustain you. But here's what I think we can also miss in this, is that when we look for the sustaining power of God, we're looking for it normally in our circumstances. We're looking for it normally in our stuff. That, Lord, will you just stretch the money a little further? Will you just stretch the food a little further? Will you just stretch us a little further? But the Lord actually speaks to a deeper place. That the Lord not, doesn't just want to sustain our stuff. He wants to sustain our souls. He wants to do that deep within us first. And then he'll do it through us in every other way. In Psalm 54, 4, the Lord says this. Behold, God is my helper. The Lord is the sustainer of my soul. Same way that I said before that many of us were looking for God to carry our stuff, but he's looking to carry us. We want him to sustain us with provision, but he wants to sustain our soul with his presence, with the power of his spirit within us. I promise you this. If you allow the Lord in those moments of desperation to become all that you need. If you lean into his presence, you could find there a fullness of joy, a fullness of peace, something that will do something on the inside that will then help sustain you on the outside. God will keep you, but he always wants to start in our hearts, in the deepest parts of us. And so the Lord is teaching us this. I will sustain you. Do you hear that promise today, church? And what you're walking through. And so as that continues on, She's there. Hagar is there. She's sitting away from her child, about to watch her child take his last breath. He's crying out. And look what happens. The Lord hears and he sees and he shows up. In verse 17, God heard the boy crying. We don't even have to go on from there. This underscores a truth about God. Over and over and over again in Scripture, here's what what I know is true. If I know nothing is true, I know this is true. God hears the cries of his children. God hears the cries. He sees every tear that's being shed. He understands the anguish in your heart. He feels the pain that you're feeling even now. He understands isn't acquainted with the pain in your life, and he hears when you cry out to him. Man, what an amazing time we're going to have in just a week or so when we call out and cry out to the Lord. He hears you. We don't have to play the, quiet, the, the, the brave face and pretend like everything is okay and we're falling apart on the inside. Get in God's presence and cry out to him and watch what he'll do. He hears the cry of his children. It moves his heart. He moves his heart towards his children when they cry out to him. Some of us, we're just pent up with so much we don't know what to do. Cry out to God. Watch what he'll do. Watch how he'll show up. It's not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of strength and determination to say, I'm going to stand and continue to cry out to a God who hears me, who sustains me. And so God heard Ishmael crying. Why? Because that's what he does. He hears. And the angel of God spoke to hagar from heaven and said to her what is the matter hagar do not be afraid god has heard the boy crying as he lies there and he he speaks and here's what he says now lift up the boy and take him by the hand i'm going to make him into a great nation here's what god gives again a boy dying under a bush a woman stuck in the middle of the wilderness and all god gives her is a promise He gives her a promise, but here's what I love is that it's normally right after the promise that we can begin to see the provision. It's after we're willing to take and step into with obedience a promise even before we see how it's going to happen. Because normally I don't want to step forward until my next question always is, hey, come on, we're going to do this. We're going to go there. We're going to do that. And my question is how? How are we going to do it? How? I mean, look at this, Lord. I'm in the middle of a wilderness. What are you talking about? Great nation. He's about to die. Here's what I've realized the quicker I can get over the how and get to obedience, the more I can see God move in my life. The more I can see God unleash the supernatural in my life. But some of us, we're stuck on the wrong side of how. And we're not willing to move because we don't know how it's going to happen. It's not for you to know how it's going to happen. It's for us to obey the word that God gives us. The instruction of the Lord in saying, yes, Lord, I'm, I'm going to step into it. And so he tells her to do this because there's one more promise that God gives here in Isaiah 46. I will carry you, I will sustain you, and I will rescue you. That the Lord promises deliverance to those who cry out and need him. So whatever it is that we're walking through, wherever it is we find ourselves, our God is the God of rescue. He's a God of freedom and deliverance and power, and he promises it through his word. Verse 19, and then God opened her eyes, and what did she see? A well of water right in front of her. She went and she filled the skin with water and she gave it the boy to drink. Hagar suddenly sees a well that she didn't see before. She fills the skin. She gives water to Ishmael, sustains his life. You know what's so beautiful is at the first moment God had this, this divine encounter with her. Chapters earlier, where is she? She's by a well. And when she has an encounter with the Lord, she says, this is the spring of the one who sees me. And the Lord sees her and opens her eyes and brings a well of water right to her, right in the midst of her desperate hour. Why? Because he is the well of everlasting life. He is the spring. Jesus said, I am the living water. And I fill you and sustain you and keep you. You know, here's what I realize. That no matter where I am, I'm not too far from the reach of a God who hears me. And sees me. And no matter what I'm going through, I'm not too far for the rescuing power and grace of God. And what I need in the hour I need it, if I cry out to him and trust him, he will sustain me. He will carry me and he will rescue me. Come on, Pastor Rick. Whenever we think about the, this power, this, this love, this incredible provision that God brings into our lives, it all comes through the power of his promise. He says, I'm going to be that for you. He makes a promise to her that he's seen her, that she will have this son, his, her son will be protected. But I go all the way back to the very beginning. Because every step along the way here, it's reliant on something. What gets her to this place of receiving and seeing and, and walking into the real promise and fulfillment of what God was doing in her life, Just like with us and just like with so many people that have lived their lives by faith and trusted God. It all came through the power of the promise that God was making. What I said to you today is that God makes these promises and I believe what he wants to speak to us today is found in Isaiah chapter 46, verse 4. That the Lord says this, and hear it, hear it, mama, hear it. Every person within the sound of my voice watching online Even to your old age and gray hairs, I am he. I am he who will sustain you. I have made you and I will carry you. I will sustain you and I will rescue you. The Lord has the power to carry you today. I know it's heavy, but he's got you. He has the power to sustain you today because his arm isn't too short. He has the power to rescue you today because he hears your cry. He knows your heart. He sees you right where you're at. But what do we have to do, church? We have to learn what it means to be willing to take God at his word and step out and take hold of his promise. You know, here's the thing about Abraham. He was a man who stood in a place when he had no children and everything looked impossible and over, and he received a promise from God, a crazy promise, an outlandish promise, an impossible promise. And all he had was the word of God but here's what I realized. He was crazy enough to take hold of it, the Bible says. It says he believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Some of you today, the question is, do you believe that the God is the God who carries you, who sustains you, and who can rescue even right now? Do you take hold of the word that the Lord has for his children and those who call upon his name? Because I really believe that's what stands in the way so often, is we'll stand by and think it's for someone else somewhere else. But I believe that there's some today that God's calling to rise up with faith and a trust and a confidence in their heart and saying, this is getting heavy. And Lord, I take hold of your word today that says you will carry me. And so today, Lord God, come and carry me through this, Lord God. Come today and fulfill your word, Lord God. I call upon it. Come on, when's the last time you've called upon the Lord and said, Lord, I need you today to fulfill this promise you made to your children. I'm one of them, and today I need your sustaining power. Come on, we got to get desperate for the presence of God to meet us today. And here's what I believe. He's ready to hear the cries of his children. He's ready to hear the cries of each one of us that need a touch that only he could bring into our lives. So come on, stand to your feet with me today. And come on, are we desperate enough today to not worry about what the person on the left or the right is is thinking in this moment, but to know this, God, if you've said it, Lord, if your word has declared it, Lord God, if you've made this promise, then Lord, I'm one of your children today that needs to receive just that. So if that's you today and you know that you need this, you need the Lord to carry you today, it's gotten heavy, step out of your seat and come to this altar right now. If you're here today and you feel like you're at the end of yourself and you need the sustaining power that only God can bring step out of your seat and come to this altar if today's the day that you're stuck somewhere someone that you love is stuck and in need of rescue come to this place and let's cry out to the lord for him to do what only he can do come on if that's you just come right now i know there are many more just come if you're in the in the balcony just come we left a little bit of time here for us just to lean in and just respond to the lord don't let this balcony uh keep you in the way just come right down the steps and meet us at this altar this morning Come on, church family, would you just be in the crowd to the Lord right now?